This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. If you don't have the time or space in your life to become a foster parent, what else can you do? Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. This is your weekly Crossing Division podcast. We started covering the um, coronavirus and Tacoma stories um, 10 weeks ago. This is week 10 of our coverage. Today is May 22nd, 2020, uh, 10 weeks. It has been a long 10 weeks, I have to tell you. Um, Where are we at in terms of our statewide cases and Pierce County cases? As of the Seattle Times today, which is sort of my metric that I use, in the state of Washington, we have 19,117 cases of COVID-19. In Pierce County, we have 1,719. In terms of deaths statewide, we've experienced 1,004 deaths. In Pierce County, we've experienced 69 deaths. There's another um, statistic that the Seattle Times is tracking now that is is really interesting, and that is how many cases per 1,000 people. Uh, So for Pierce County, our numbers are really very good. It's 19.4 cases for 1,000 people in Pierce County. Now that's compared with um, Snohomish County, which has 34.8. King County, which was extremely high, but has come down quite a bit, is at 34.3. And then when you look over to central Washington, we see a real problem. Uh, Franklin County has 49 people infected per 1,000. And Yakima is the highest in the state by far at 99.7. So they almost have 100 people per 1,000. Uh, carrying the coronavirus disease. And that's with the testing that we've done, which we know is not comprehensive. So uh, Yakima is experiencing some real hardship, probably because we have significant farm worker population over there. Uh, It has continued to be working. Uh, Probably those people who are working in farm employment don't have the same opportunities for social distancing, and they may not be provided with the equipment needed either. So I think we'll see a lot more attention on that. I certainly hope so. And I think there's going to be a Nerd Farmer podcast on that. I mentioned that last week, and, and I think that's the case. But this week in Tacoma, we're going to talk about something else. Uh, I asked Chelsea Talbert to be my guest to talk about sort of, you know, mental health wellness and things that are going on at, at her company, Amara and a special art project that she started. So Chelsea, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me. My name is Chelsea Talbert. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a community organizer and I am, my official title is Partnership and Engagement Manager at Amara. We are a nonprofit that serves children in foster care. Great, wonderful, wonderful. So the reason I was interested in talking to you, Chelsea, is I noticed on Facebook the other day you had started a project to collect uh, artwork and encouraging people of all ages to make cards to send to um, behavioral health and social workers to show our gratitude. So tell me about that project and what it is and, and how it got started. Yes. So the, the main idea, like you said, is is for kids and for anybody in our community. You know, we 
can all do a little something to support our neighbors. And we really have an incredible spirit of collaboration in Pierce County. So the idea is like, how do we own in on that? Um, so the idea was to have put out this call for kids and, and for our neighbors to create art and to be able to deliver it to social workers and behavioral health workers, either working with organizations to do that through the mail or doing it on the desks, but just being able to do something special mm -hmm. that would make people feel valued because social workers and behavioral health workers are not, you know, seen at the front lines as like nurses and doctors are, but are still offering those essential services and doing it at home and experiencing a lot of secondary trauma um, and not able to decompress and, and carrying all of that in addition to being at home, dealing with the technology issues, possibly having kids or spouses and a lot going on. So it's a lot of weight to carry. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about what's something that we can do to come together in a small act to just when you feel alone and not valued and just really discouraged and overwhelmed to be able to have a moment and realize that there are people out there that really have never met you, but see you as important and care about the work that you're doing. Yeah, I think that could be a really important boost, especially if you're working at home right now as a social worker and dealing with, you know, as your nonprofit does, dealing with um, families and individuals who are in the foster care system, that has got to be incredibly stressful because so much of your work is, is really kind of face-to-face check-ins and being able to see people and know what's going on. So I would imagine that creates a lot of extra stress to be remote and working on those issues. Absolutely. And especially with some of the changing circumstances. So a lot of the visitation between foster parents and parents is now switched to being virtual. And it's amazing because we've been able to, to pivot this big system and, and this bureaucracy and all this to just springing into action and how are we supporting people and how are we getting technology in hands and making sure that kids are still getting to have those visits mm -hmm. that are really and meaningful and, and carrying on that, you know, normal ritual. Um, but that also means that for the first time, a parent is seeing a foster parent with their child and navigating oh. the humanness and complexities of that. And so you know, we have our social workers who are working with that. And then if a child's behavior is dysregulated after that and having a hard time, and then the foster parent isn't sure how to show up and support. And so the social workers are there. It's there. There's just a lot. There's so much humanness to it and also so much creativity and innovation that's happening. But that's like a lot of brain space and a lot of brain power. And it, it, at the end of the day, if, if you don't have your colleague there to, to help you kind of think that through, or what's an idea or how do we support, or this is what I'm doing. It, it, it can be a lot. It's a lot to carry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you hope comes out of this um, project for doing uh, artwork and showing gratitude? What would, what would you feel like, oh, that worked really well, or I, I was really, ex I'm expecting it to look like this, or I'm hoping it looks like that? I feel like in Pierce County, we really don't treat behavioral health and social workers with the respect and dignity that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And I say that looking at our political structure, we're, the, you know, the one urban county in Pierce in um, all of Washington that doesn't have the one tenth of one percent. Right. You come to the March 10th uh, county council meeting with five hours of testimonial people sharing these really hard, challenging moments and begging, literally mm -hmm. begging for support and an investment and once again, we delayed it and kicked the can down the road. 
now we're hearing about all the cuts that are going to happen at, mm-hmm. at um, Department of Children, Youth, and Families. So, uh, you know, hiring freezes, social workers who are already overburdened, and it's a lot. We already have a workforce shortage. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at everything that's happening at Western State. It feels really overwhelming. So my hope for this is for people to know that even though our county and our government is failing us, your community cares about you and we have your back and just don't give up, keep pushing. And if you, if you need a moment, if you need a second to just feel uplifted, we got you and we're going to step in. And there's, there's just nothing more beautiful than stepping out, opening up your mailbox and finding this Mm -hmm. cute, vibrant, like the spirit of childhood, just these really exciting, beautiful phrases or art or something colorful. And just that surprise and reminder and holding it in your hand, in your space, and and reminding yourself that we really, truly are all in this together. Yeah, I think it's not only feeling like my community sees me, you know, and, and really understands how important I am, but also that feeling of, um, it kind of reinforces the importance of your work. And I think that that is something that everyone needs to hear on a, on a pretty regular basis, especially during time when we are not in offices where you can get a certain amount of, you know, team collaboration, team feedback, and kudos from your workmates. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to do this. I love to draw, but I am always get, I would get stumped for like trying to think of things to do. So I have a goal for myself now. I'm going to try to um, take words off of the New York Times crossword puzzle. I figure whatever's the 20 up, the 20 down and the 20 um, across, I'm going to try to see if I can draw drawings that have something to do with that. So that's my personal challenge. So you'll definitely get a few things from me. I just sort of hope they turn out okay. But um, we love it. We have a couple of cards in art that we received. So um, the if you can't, we wanted to make sure that it was accessible. Mm-hmm. So if you have art and you're not able to mail it to Amara at our Pierce County property, and that address is on the flyer, but it's 3501 104th Street East, Tacoma, Washington. If you're not able to mail it, you can drop it off. And so I just put a bunch of cards out there. So you can, we have a little mail slot at the bottom. So you can just slip it right into the door. So it's, it's really exciting to, to walk in and, and see all the art and colors and uh-huh. how fun it is. Well, I commissioned to do it too. So yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm Lysoling everything and washing my <laughs> Good. Yeah, you really cannot have enough Lysol, I think, right now. Um, well, do you think it'll uh, this project will be over in June? I know you kind of set sort of a early a June collection date, but could it go longer than that? My goal was five hundred. Just thinking about the social workers that we have in Pierce County at Amara and just some of the other child placing agencies. Uh, the, there are about 300 social workers, I think 220 maybe, at Department of Children, Youth, and Families in Pierce County. And Hope Sparks would be about, would get us to 500. Hope Sparks is doing the most incredible, innovative work. And when I talked to Joe Leroy, and he just, he shared about how he's really worried about his staff feeling burnt out and overwhelmed when he sprung into action. And just like, it's, it's a lot. And it, that it, it broke my heart. And that's when it was like, all right, we got it. We, we have to do something. So that was really the inspiration of like, let's, let's, let's do this. We can't lose our workforce. We can't lose people who are providing these essential services. 
But I was talking to the public information officer at Franklin Pierce yesterday, and he said, why don't we share this out to all of our channels, and then we can put drop-off sites at all of the meal sites. So when oh. kids are eating their food... So I think it might be a little bit bigger and there's always an opportunity to keep it going. I think no matter what, even a year from now, if we're able to just, you know, surprise the YWCA or a different organization and have these cards and say, can you just share these with your workers? It like people need to be appreciated year round. So I would love if it went beyond just June. I would love it too. I think that's a really good idea. Well, you mentioned a program, the Hope Sparks program. Can you, I'm, I'm, so I don't have kids. I worked in my distant past a little bit for DSHS as an AAG. I represented developmental disabilities, but I never, I don't really have a very good idea these days of how the different programs work. So you mentioned the Hope Sparks program and what is that? So Hope Sparks provides pediatric behavioral health services. They do really innovative work. They, they provide a lot of support for family, for kinship caregivers who are caring for a child that has entered foster care and then being placed with them as a, as a kinship caregiver. Also do some work around um, eating disorder recovery, mm-hmm. and they have a really cool program called Hope's Closet. So it's a closet oh, where... Yeah. Have you heard about it? So I have. Closet. I have. But tell us about that. That's a really good program too. It is. Oh man, just like look at their website, it just blows your mind. Everything that they do, but it's it's a closet. It's set up like a store. So when you go in there, you have this dignified experience of looking at clothes and pulling them off a, a rack instead of just digging through a bag. It is available for kids who are entering foster care who might not have a lot of clothes. It's available for um, survivors of domestic violence who are going to the YWCA, might have fled without clothes. They're able to go in there and pick stuff up. One of the really cool things that they do, they provide a, a ton of different therapeutic services. An example of this is working with children who might be questioning their identity, who might be trans mm-hmm. and aren't quite sure they're still wrestling with that. And they can go to Hope's Closet and try on different clothes and, and work with that with a counselor or a specialist to be able to really start to look at their, their identity and, and process those emotions of what it, what that feels like for them. It's just, it's amazing. And they accept donations too. So you can talk to Patty West. All the information is on their website about how to donate clothes because I know everybody's cleaning out their closets right now. That's true or should be probably. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, from your perspective, Chelsea, because I know you get around, you know, in your in your sort of day in and day out life a lot around different groups in Tacoma or did before we were all shut inside anyway. How do you think Tacoma's doing with this uh, coronavirus? How do you think we're managing? I guess I would say a little bit as a city, but more as a community? It's a great question. It feels like we've all really stepped up to the plate. And I listened to a podcast with Farron Johnson and Aaron Jones, just talking about the response with the black community to COVID mm-hmm. and looking at black communities around around Washington state and that Pierce County was really seen as being a leader in that. And it's because we don't wait for a crisis to come together we're already working together and figuring out how are we supporting each other and have that network. It's really cool. I've 
um, actually just came this morning, was putting together bags to be uh, bags of food to be delivered to kids in the Franklin Pierce School District. So for kids that might not have food over the weekend, um, a church out here puts together the bags and then the school district is able to give them to kids, usually at school on Fridays, but that's not happening anymore. So the um, foster care liaison put out a call saying, hey, we need some help getting these bags out. And it's just been floods of people coming in and going out and, and delivering food and making sure that kids have access to everything that they need, donating hotspots, donating technology, donating diapers. We're starting uh, five diaper bank locations, the Help Me Grow and the health department uh, that will be launching really soon. So keep an eye out for that and just really inspired collaboration and ideas. Everybody's stepping up to the plate and thinking creatively. And it's not about what is my organization doing? Who's getting credit for it? It's like, how are we being in service to each other? Mm-hmm. I, I see that too. And I'm not really out and about that much these days. But um, one of the things that was a real eye opener for me was, uh, and I guess I just never really thought about it, but the critical role that schools do play and can play in the community. I mean, they're sort of our natural hub in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think that one of the things that this crisis has done is it's sort of emphasize, I mean, you know, if you want to distribute something, the schools are kind of the logical place to do that. So I'm, I'm hoping once we move out of this, maybe we can think about that a little more pragmatically and sort of figure out if that's what happens anyway, can we build the support for those schools so that they have the resources to really be hubs for, let's say, you know, Wi-Fi services for the surrounding community or food distribution or the diapers that you've mentioned. You know, so that people, you know, people usually know where their local school is, even if they don't necessarily know where other offices are. So I really hope that something like that develops. Absolutely. And the work that's being done because we're out here in unincorporated Pierce County. So we don't have a formal government mm-hmm. there are sidewalks out here. So the school district really acts as the convener. So if folks are looking at what's a model for that, the things that Franklin Pierce and Bethel School District are doing so innovative and just unique, creative solutions for serving families and making sure that they have access to everything that they need. And it's easy and it's equitable. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. We're going to take a short break here. And then when we come back, I want to ask you more about Amara's different programs and also the large piece of land that they're contemplating how to develop in Pierce County. We'll be right back. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska airline partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. All right, 
right, here we are again, everyone. Uh, before we continue talking to Chelsea, I want to do a short shout out for Channel 253. If you are not a member, it is a screaming good deal. It only is only $4 a month to be a Channel 253 member. And you will not only enjoy all of our podcasts, but we do programs occasionally that we open up either first to Channel 253 members or sometimes only to Channel 253 members. It is a great way to support this um, programming. Uh, and, you know, we feel really um, strongly about the importance of providing stories about our community. And so your membership will help us do that. But now, Chelsea, back to my questions. I do not know a whole lot about Amara, although I did read through the um, report that was um, put together on the uh, Pierce County Land Development Project. But start out by telling me, for someone who's sort of generally aware of stuff, but not really uh, has a lot of detailed knowledge, what does Amara do? What kind of programs do they offer? I love that question. And I also have to give a really quick plug for Channel 253. I feel like the only reason I have my job is because of Channel 253. Really? Yeah, on this. So... I met my boss, Maureen Sorensen, at the gym, and I would always kind of see her, but the first time I really went up and talked to her about foster care was after she was on a Move to Tacoma podcast about the foster care crisis, and she said that kids enter foster care at twice the rate in Pierce County than they do in King, which, and that's improved a little bit, but it's still, for the most part, about the same um, kids entering foster care at twice the rate in Pearson and, and King. And I was like, record scratch, what? Mm-hmm. So I went up to her and I started talking to her about that and asking her more questions about why the rate of children entering care is so high here. The answer is still, we don't really have an exact reason for that. We think it could be because of the opioid crisis Definitely, we have housing and transit issues here, and then our mental health and behavioral health infrastructure is crumbling slash, you know, has gotten even worse since then. So there's a lot of potential reasons, but nobody's really quite sure. And that just evolved into more and more conversations. And eventually, she's we um, Amara purchased 29 acres in Pierce County and said we want to develop a hub for children and families that's really rooted in racial equity and and looking at how we can prevent children from from entering foster care and how do we turn 29 acres into this big community vision and I said I'm an organizer let's yeah. let's rock and roll so and now I have health insurance because of channel 253 <laughs> so <Thanks>. everybody subscribe <laughs> you just never know where it's going to take you right mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to have a, a more in-depth, I'll, I'll kind of do a quick, like this is what we do, but mm-hmm. and, and go more in-depth about what we do in Pierce County. But for that greater landscape, check out the move to Tacoma, Maureen Sorensen and the foster care crisis for that in-depth. It's a really great episode. And Maureen has a really soothing voice too. Mm. <laughs> so Amara is a nonprofit that serves kids in foster care. We've been around for almost a hundred years. We are one of the first agencies to actually license LGBTQ families and to serve single families. So you don't have to be married or have a partner, which is really exciting work. We're, we have two locations. We started in King County. We've been in Pierce County for about five years. 
We serve kids through our three main programs. So our first one are emergency sanctuaries. So we have one in Seattle and one in Tacoma. And that those are two beautiful like home style environments. And it provides a soft landing for kids for the first three to five days when they enter foster care. So that's so the state the state can work to find a safe and appropriate home or return the child back to their parents' care. And we have incredible therapeutic child care specialists who provide almost one-on-one care. And we have almost a hundred volunteers at each location that also do fun activities with kids for those first few days. So they're not sitting in a social worker's office or staying night to night in a hotel. So it's going to the park, it's making macaroni and cheese, it's playing video games. And we're always accepting volunteers. So our website, amaraputskidsfirst.org has more information about how to sign up to be a volunteer, but it's just, it's really cool. It's just hang out, play with kids. It's amazing. Our second program, we license, recruit, and support foster parents. And our third program are post-adoption services. And we are actually one of the first post-adoption programs in the entire nation. I think we are the first on the West Coast. So the idea is that you know, when a child is adopted, oftentimes it's like, okay, cool, case closed, like, right. bye. but the, it doesn't stop there. So we're asking families to make a lifelong commitment to serve children um, and, and make it to a child. And we want to be right there with you to make that commitment. So, so whether it's, okay, my child is starting to have some different, um, their trauma is resurfacing and different behavioral milestones. How do we work together with that to having support groups, doing, you know, different trainings. We have, we actually do like African-American hair care trainings and LGBTQ competency trainings, support for if you are looking to reach out to your birth family or you're hearing from them and you're not quite sure of what to do and navigate that. So it's, it's really cool. And because of our 100 year history, we actually have a bunch of old files that have um, just been sitting there. And so we have another really cool program called Project Search and Reunion, where it's going through these files and seeing, oh, did somebody, because adoption practices have changed so much, right? It's like all about secrecy, you know, hush, hush. And we're going through and looking and saying, where did we make a make a mistake? Maybe mistake mm-hmm. isn't the best word, but where did we do something where we can right that wrong? And it's putting, you know, if somebody reached out and wanted to get contact information or there, there's information in there that belongs to that to that adult adoptee and figuring out how to make those amends and support adoptees it's it's really exciting um and then the the work that we do specifically here in pierce county we have a really cool program called best for babies and this is a therapeutic court program it's for infants who are removed from their parents care and it's working it's therapeutic court and it's really cool because it's like the foster parents, the parent, the child, the social workers, all coming together and saying, what supports do you need? What do you need to thrive? And usually when you go into court, they, you hear the worst things that you've done and allegations of the worst things you've done in the worst moments. Mm -hmm. And the really cool thing about this is like, not only it does it happen more frequently and there's more supports and there's that more one-on-one care, but you walk in there and the judge asks you, what's something that you did that you're really proud of? Or how long, you, how many days of um, or months of, reco- of sobriety are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. And everybody claps and cheers. And it's, and it's very strength-based. 
kids return home faster, um, it really incredible results. So that's um, our best for babies program. And then my job here. Uh, so in 2018, Amara was looking to expand our offices because we were at the UW campus and like kind of outgrowing our space. Mm-hmm. Our CEO at the time was at a cocktail party, happened to overhear a bankruptcy lawyer say that there was this property in Pierce County that had a deed restriction on it, that it had to go to a nonprofit that serves children and families. Oh my gosh. No, get this. And it had to have a residency component. Wow. And who does that? Right. No one. Our emergency sanctuary. So checked off those boxes. Um, our uh, CEO and our chief community officer came out here and saw we had, there was this 29 acres. It used to be the Jesse Dyslin Boys Ranch. Mm. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with 29 acres? Like we can't do it. It's in bankruptcy. It's crumbling. The septic tank is awful. They said, this is an opportunity to bring community together and figure out how we can develop not just services, but a campus to serve children and families and really look at prevention and talk about and live our values of of racial equity and focusing on strengths and community. And what better community to do that than in Pierce County? Mm -hmm. Where is the, where's the property actually located? So it is 104th and Waller Road area. Mm -hmm. So it's in unincorporated Pierce County, but it's, it's address Tacoma. I love that Waller Road area. I think it's beautiful out there. It is so beautiful. And it's only about 15, 18 minutes from downtown Tacoma. So it feels far away when you get out here because it's so rural and nature and beautiful and, and very healing. But it's it's just a quick, yeah. quick little. So we spent all of 2019 launching this community engagement really focused on hearing from communities of color because we know that people of color are disproportionately impacted by foster care. So we invited everybody to provide feedback, but really focused on hearing from people of color in the process and engaged in this eight month long process of what could be built on this campus strength space mm-hmm. to promote family healing, family unity to prevent children from entering foster care. And then to also think about that, you know, systemic racism and oppression, how can we all come together? And so if you go to our website, amaraputskidsfirst.org, we have this full, the most beautiful 74 page report that just outlines all of these incredible ideas. And it's, it's not just like, let's put a garden here, or let's do mental health services. But it's this holistic approach around health and wellness and medicinal gardens and empowerment and economic opportunities. And this isn't a handout, but it's a hand up and it's community coming together to support each other and having culturally relevant services in a place where every single child that steps onto this campus sees their community and their culture reflected. One of the things I was really impressed about by that report was little things like uh, saying, um, you know, in our community outreach, this wasn't really identified as a priority. But when we talked to these, you know, specific um, sort of individuals who would reflect the needs of the community, they thought that having a place where the community could eat together was really important. And I thought, well, that's 
it's actually kind of groundbreaking to even realize the difference between, you know, what people around us think uh, the community needs versus what the actual community wants. So I, I was very impressed. Thank you. And it's, I mean, all of the, like, it, so much credit is owed to the consultants that put together because we realized like we are a bunch of white people that, you know, work in social services. We're probably not the best people to be doing this really deep mm-hmm. engagement. And there was a lot of learning. So we hired a consulting team, uh, Jennifer Arnold, Julia Kagochi, Rodney Robinson, and Adrian Wilson, who four different consultants that came together to lead this beautiful community engagement process. And then they put together a community leadership team, 16 people, um, about, I think, 90% people of color, all people who have had experience in foster care in some way or another, whether it's being a foster parent, being in foster care themselves, a sibling, you know, whatever. And they took all of these ideas and weaved together this incredible vision for what could be on this property. And it's, it's so cool to, to read and think about not just what the, you know, what a room is going to look like, but how are we sharing power? How are we being accountable to each other? What does transformative leadership look like and ownership? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's really cool to think about. And in this time of COVID, when all of us are scrambling to go, oh my gosh, look at our, you know, our society is kind of crumbling around us. Like, what do we do next? I truly feel like in Pierce County, we are one step ahead because we have this roadmap for how we can come together and rebuild in a way that promotes that healing, especially with everything that's kind of hitting its tipping point right now with, you know, the big emotions that kids are experiencing Mm -hmm. being at home with not being in school, you know, regardless of what circumstances you have around you. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I think the, the other thing that really impressed me was, you know, you'll see a lot of other nonprofit programs that, that do provide very good services, but they're, um, they're kind of, um, I guess I'll say they're sort of transactional based or it's sort of, you know, here's a treatment program we want you to go through in order to achieve A, B, and C, or here's the job training apprenticeship program we want you to get into so that we can get you employed. And it's, um, you know, there are certain targets that you're trying to hit. And that a lot of times, you know, your grant funding requires that. But what I was noticing with the Amara report was that there was a real emphasis on, first, as I mentioned, listening to the community, but then also on um, developing a healing and therapeutic environment. I think that is also quite different from what we see in a lot of other um, groups, because I think we have, you know, this is sort of the American way, right? It's sort of like, you know, tough it up and, uh, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and don't, don't cry, don't complain, just, you know, grin and bear it and get the job done and get on with it. And I think you're right, Chelsea. I mean, what we see now during this crisis is that doesn't always serve people very well, and it doesn't always serve the community very well. And sometimes that softer, more uh, nurturing approach is exactly what we need. Absolutely. And just making sure that we're prioritizing art and play and you know, animals and being in the ground and, and all of those different aspects and having that on the same level as going to a therapist's office, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also that cultural competency piece to it too. We can have as many services as we want, but if they're not culturally competent, we're missing the mark on that. We're doing a disservice to our community. Mm-hmm. So what's the time frame for moving this project forward? 
So we, the full report, we received it in February and we're working on just getting that out and sharing it with folks. And we've started um, interviewing master planners. Yesterday, we actually interviewed a firm and got to talk to, there's, um, there are only 15 Black landscape architects in the entire United States. Wow. We were actually on an interview with somebody. So it's just so cool to think about all of, you know, in, in, in Pierce County, we tend to be very homegrown and work with each other, mm-hmm. which is but to think about the national spotlight and how many folks really want to be involved in this project, because it is such a unique opportunity in space is really amazing. So our, our timeline is we are looking to hire um, a team to put together a master plan that will probably take about a year to get that master plan mm-hmm. done. The challenge right now is, of course, funding. You know, we have, we're, Amara's funded 87% through philanthropy, which is amazing because we have a lot of space for creativity because we're not beholden to the state and their restrictions. But with that also comes challenges and, and rightfully so that funding should be directed to COVID response. So right now we're really trying to get creative about what does that partnership look like and, and how are we um, looking at this as COVID response and, and making sure that we're keeping this project and this momentum going. Because we also recognize that a lot of people come, especially in Pierce, you know, in, in Pierce County, we get people who come in here make a lot of promises, get people yeah. really excited, and then they leave. And so we mm-hmm. really want to recognize that it took a lot for our community to come in and to trust us, especially communities of color and, and the traditional relationship that there is there with child welfare. Um, it took a lot to build that trust. And we like we hold that so dearly. That's the most beautiful thing to come out of this process and to make sure that we're keeping this project going in an authentic way and that we're not cutting corners, but we're taking time when we're butting up against that white dominant culture of like, go, 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 grant funding, meet your metrics to say, this isn't right. How are we coming together and slowing it down and making sure that we're really staying authentic to the true vision of what this property is? So probably about a year for master planning. It's going to be phases. I mean, it's going to be five years, 10 years, 15 years of you know building different things and adding different things. It's going to look rural in nature. It's not going to be a, a bunch of big Amazon buildings coming in. It's going to fit our community. And so it, there's going to be a lot of creativity, a lot of wrestling and figuring stuff out. But we're hoping in the next three to five years to like actually have a shovel in the ground and to be able to at least have our Pierce County Emergency Sanctuary mm-hmm. here on the property. And if anybody wants to like see it or learn more, I am really good at walking backwards. So I give them <laughs> tours. <laughs> we have coyotes and snakes and just this amazing 29 acres out here. And so, you know, definitely email me and reach out to me if it's something that you're interested in and want to learn more about because the vision isn't for Amara to come here and do a bunch of new things and expand all of our programs. It's for how we're community coming together and the experts in their individual fields coming together on this property to really build this beautiful space. That sounds wonderful. And I actually think the three to five year timeframe is really, it's going to work out well for you because you're right. I mean, there's going to be, we're looking at a real uh, economic downturn. And I think that, you know, people are prioritizing their um, charitable giving too. And initially a lot of it is going to go to COVID related or, or, you know, other sort of economic development. So I think the fact that Amara is sort of thinking through, 
you know, we're not going to have this done in 12 months. We're going to, you know, take the time we need to do it properly. I think that could actually be a really smart uh, approach in the end. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, tell me what else or tell me anything that you want to share either about Amara or anything else, Chelsea, before we wind up today. We also have an initiative called Fostering Family, and the tagline for it is everybody has a role, find Mm -hmm. yours. So the idea for it is like, if you don't have the time or space in your life to become a foster parent, what else can you do? And, And it's all about partnership between, you know, small businesses and community, whether that's putting together backpacks with, you know, clothes and pajamas and Um, giving that to kids who are entering foster care so they're not you know walking around with a trash bag full of clothes whether it's like ice cream social and bliss in Tacoma University Place donated coupons to be um, given to families either at the time of placement or during the time of reunification so that way they could have that really fun bonding moment of going out and getting ice cream together so fostering family is a way that anybody can get involved check out our website for opportunities to volunteer you want to come tour the property or learn more just read the report check out our website email me like I am an extrovert and I love talking so I'm grateful for anybody who wants to learn more um and if you have the time and space and availability in your heart and your life think about becoming a foster parent we have a virtual coffee with Carrie Carrie um can answer it she's a foster parent herself and she can answer any questions about what it's like and what that process is. And you can do this virtual information meeting and just learn more about being a foster parent. A lot of times we find folks say, I thought about doing it five years ago and I just didn't think I could do it or I wasn't sure about it. And then they, they learn more and they, I could have been doing this the whole time. So if you're thinking about it, reach out. If you just want to learn more, there's a ton of great resources out there and we're happy to answer questions, but Anything you can do to support kids, anything to support behavioral health and social workers, it doesn't have to be big. It's just we we can all do a little bit of something and it means so much right now. So my gratitude to you and to Doug for this platform and, and being able to speak and share about our work because it's, it's really exciting and I love getting to talk about it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, and uh, I will put information on the program notes about both Amara and Hope's Closet and your project for uh, art and cards for behavioral health and social workers. But um, I wonder, is there is there any place where the flyer I've seen on Facebook, is there any place you're going to put that flyer so I can direct people to it for the um, um, art project? We can put it on our website. On your and, Amara? Okay. Yeah. And I think we're sharing it on our social media channel. So I'll send, I'll send the link to you. Okay. That would be excellent. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. So that's week 10, week 10 coronavirus in Tacoma. Things are, things are not great guys, but they're not that bad either. Uh, And when we're working together, it works a lot better. Thanks. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic.
This is Channel 253.